Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming to you straight from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I do want to thank you, as always, for listening to all of our great programs. And if you can, please, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we just truly would be so indebted to you if you give us that five-star review out there. Plus, you can also put your comments and questions in there as well, and we'll go ahead and read it on the air for you on any one of our shows, whether it's Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, or right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I've got a great guest with me today. I'm just so excited indeed because yesterday, TJ and I sized up the Western Conference and you know where everything falls in place, where the Lakers stand, where everything goes as far as their competitors are concerned. And you know, in the NBA, even though a lot of people don't like to talk about that very much, there is an Eastern Conference there are some viable contenders out there. There are some teams playing well. Contrary to popular belief on the West Coast here, there are some great teams out there indeed. And here to discuss that with me today is a good man indeed. In fact, you got to catch his awesome show, the Skip and Josh podcast, each and every time a new episode drops today. I have it on my rotation on Bullhorn, and you need to have it on your rotation too. It is the Skip and Josh podcast. It's available on every major podcast format. It is a good man indeed. It is Skip Sherman. What's up, my friend? Hey, Gerald. Great to talk to you again. It was so awesome to have you on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. And if you get a chance, everyone, listen to his episode. It was very insightful on what's going on with fantasy football. So if you get a chance, check that out. And I'm just so glad you could talk some basketball with me. I mean, you have got the well-rounded sports show with the Skip Mm -hmm. and Josh podcast. So you know your stuff when it comes to NBA, NFL, hockey, the whole nine yards. So I'm telling you what right now, it's just so great to talk to you about the Eastern Conference. I know you're a Celtics fan and the Lakers fast break, the Lakers fans out there, you know, we're like, ah, ah, ah. You know what? It's always nice to get a good perspective on other you know, sides of the avenue, so to speak, and as the main rival for, you know, so many years as far as the the Lakers and the Celtics. I mean, first off, from I can tell you right now, it's just so great to see both the Lakers and the Celtics now at or near the top of the standings right now in the NBA. I know the NBA is excited because they're trying to get that, you know, I think plant the seeds for that rivalry once again as far as the Lakers-Celtics rivalry is concerned but i want to ask you my friend the celtics very competitive they should have actually taken that game in los angeles against the clippers they had as much of a 10-point lead late in the fourth quarter and unfortunately weren't able to pull it off but that's still when you're playing in a hostile environment with all those those stars against you 
you know, you had Kawhi, you had Paul George, you have their basically essentially their death lineup. I, I know we're going to use that use yeah. that you know terminology now since Golden State enacted it, but they fared off very well. Should have taken that game. Uh, to be honest with you, what are the prospects now for you when it concerns the Celtics? Have they actually exceeded your expectations because they were considered maybe a distant third? Most yeah. analysts, you know, were thinking that maybe they didn't have enough in the in the in the front court. They didn't have enough big men. They didn't have enough really to compete with Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Is your mind, and, and do you think a lot of people, others' minds should be changed as well as far as the Boston Celtics are concerned? Well, my mind's not made up completely that they are the best team in the East, but I don't think that there's really a dominant team in the East. I mean, in the in the West, like, it's the Lakers and the Clippers. There's I, five I, teams to me in the West. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but, like, I feel like the Lakers, Clippers, and then Denver, Houston, I mean – all those teams sort of are imperfect teams, you know, but like, like the Clippers showed last night why they are a team to be reckoned with because in that death lineup, and I know you wanted me to talk about the Celtics, but I mean, after that game last night, that felt like a playoff game in November, right? It, it felt like it. It definitely and felt like it. They're they're when they get that death lineup on the floor. I mean, the defenders that they have, I mean, you know, anytime you can, when you throw out Paul George and Kawhi, and Patrick Beverly, like on the same, that's that's a handful for anybody to break down, you know. So, and then you have Montrose Harrell, yeah, and absolutely. Williams, you know, can that can fill up the buckets and just play that pick and roll. The biggest, the biggest kept secret on the Clippers is that Lou Williams, is, with all their star power, Lou Williams is actually their best offensive player. <laughs> with all due respect to Paul George and Kawhi, like Lou Williams, at any given night, could just score fifty points, right? So, but let's go back to your original question, which is the the East. And just like you say, there's you you say there's about five teams in in the in the West. There's probably four teams in the East that you that could come out on top. I, I'm not counting the Miami Heat. I'm not sold on them yet. They've got a lot of great performances from unknown players so far. Kendrick Nunn, the, the biggest, the name that nobody ever heard of. Um, but other than that, you have I, I see the the Bucks and the Celtics one two, and then followed by the Raptors and the Sixers. Sixers are underperforming a bit. I don't like what the Sixers did with their team. To be honest, my son is a huge Sixers fan, <laughs> and like I know Embiid is great, and and Simmons is really good. He had a three last night. The whole Twitter exploded, and then. But they, I just don't find that the Sixers are a well enough rounded team. Anytime you have to rely solely on your most of your offense coming from your big man, and I know Embiid is great, it's tough, right? Because foul trouble, if he's not healthy, which he hasn't always been, then where did their scoring come from, which was Jimmy Butler last year? And I don't feel that they've kind of replaced the Jimmy Butler role completely, you know? The Raptors, well, like, what are you going to say about the Raptors? Look, I'm in Canada. Every Raptors game is televised. They're in my face 24-7. <laughs> I'm not a Raptors fan at all, but you have to respect what they did last year, even though they had Kawhi, and you really have to respect uh, what they're doing this year. Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. They've got guys playing. like They just seem to be plug and play. They have Chris Boucher, who was a star University of Oregon, played like two minutes all the playoffs last year. All of a sudden, he's playing well. You know, so they they seem to have like an interchangeable lineup, and they're going to be tough. 
Eastern Conference champions? I don't think so. I think it goes, but I think the Eastern Conference is rolling between Milwaukee and Boston. Obviously, Boston has to get healthy. Hayward has to come back. And well, Milwaukee, look, they're a great team. Giannis is fantastic. But the Raptors sort of gave everybody the blueprint last year about how to beat Milwaukee, right? Because if you can if you can frustrate Giannis, they might not have enough other pieces. And the shocking move that they made for me was not bringing back Malcolm Brogdon, who I thought was such an important player for them. They really you're, missed you're like, him. You're like the umpteenth pl- person to right. indicate that on our podcast, Jerry. I didn't myself. I didn't get it. He seemed to be so important to them. And then when they got him back in the playoffs, he was he's very crucial to their, their offense, right? Because Giannis can't do everything. And then, I mean, look who, I mean, I, I know Chris Middleton's great and they're getting amazing play from Eric Bledsoe, but in a playoff series, I'm not ready to put my money on Eric Bledsoe. Like all with all due respect. And I think he's a really good NBA player, but he, he can't be your third leading scorer on a team. Right, he's been very inconsistent in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he's an athletic beast, right? But he he's not a good shooter, you know. He's but he he's he's an outstanding athlete who can do who's pound for pound is incredibly strong. So I feel like Milwaukee's probably still the favorite. I'm hoping the Celtics can stick around that one or two spot and avoid Milwaukee until the championship round. Um. And like you mentioned in the segue, right? The Celtics just don't have enough size, right? Who will guard Giannis? I don't. I I think the Celtics could have a better record in the regular season, but head to head, it's going to be a tough matchup because who the hell on the Celtics can guard Giannis? It's certainly not in his canter. <laughs> it's not. It's not Daniel Tice who had a really good game yesterday. Well, you know, Marcus I, Smart is going to give it a try. He might just like just like Kawhi was sort of guarding him last year. Although Smart is was he's so undersized. I mean, he, he's pound for pound, very strong. But I find it's a difficult matchup. And the interesting about the Celtics is that their team is constructed in such a way that pretty much everybody can guard every position. Right? You have you have tall. Um, what they call long players, you know, Jalen Brown, Tatum, uh, Hayward, th- these guys can guard multiple positions, right? So I- I'm scared as a Celtics fan, I'm scared to match up with Milwaukee because Giannis is very, very scary. Uh, but I'm thrilled with how they're doing so far. Tatum had a great game last night. Jalen Brown chips in every time he can. I'm hoping they can make some kind of move. It- it's really sad. It's-, it's really unfortunate that they, uh, they lost Al Horford, right? They couldn't bring him back because that guy could defend, you know? Absolutely. I mean, Daniel Tice is, I think, at or near the top of when it comes to block shots, but he doesn't really inspire full confidence when it comes to full confidence when it comes to, you know, having that person there back there as far as yeah, no. trying to anchor the defense. I mean, even though he is doing a great job, it just seems like that there's still a lot of people asking for and calling for a more formidable front court for, you know, to sport your backcourt mates and also the wings as well. The one thing that Celtics have been missing for the last, however many years in this, the last, this, this incarnation, I'll call it like the, uh, the Jalen Brown era. I don't know. Since the rebuild sort of took flight, you know, they have never had, even when Al Horford was there, they never had what you would call like this intimidation factor in terms of like shot blocking, um, guarding the rim, right? There, there was no one really back there that you're like, 
the rim was always open, right? And it still sort of is, right? Because there's no one really there that's scaring you in terms of shot blocking. Like the Lakers, you know, just look at the Lakers. First of all, I mean, obviously LeBron is physical specimen, Anthony Davis as well. But then they bring in, who do they bring in? Dwight Howard, right? <laughs> so like that guy, you don't want to take the ball to the rack against him. You know, you, it's might not end well for you. And the team as a whole, the Lakers lead the league in in shot blocking. Yeah, so I'm sure they will. Accident. Yeah, and yeah. With JaVale McGee as well, if yeah. a threat right there. So you have four big guys. That's kind of funny because the Lakers need one more wing, and the Celtics need one more big guy. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, hey, do you want to trade? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You know, Dwight Howard gets a lot of crap for you know. Look, he was injured last year because he had like a. An injury to his butt, right? Yeah, <laughs> Basically, and he's the well, he's it's, kinda, it's back, it's about yeah. leading to into that area. So. Yeah, so he's the butt of a lot of jokes, and his career's been on a downswing. But like as a Celtics fan, I would take him on the Celtics in a heartbeat. He's exactly what they need. You know, he's been, he's been playing very well for for the Lakers. It's just great to see that he's revived his career. His attitude has been changed one hundred and ten percent. I think that's the biggest thing, mm-hmm. and the fact that he is healthy, but. Again, we'll wait and see. It's still early. His contract yeah. is not guaranteed. It's yeah. not. It doesn't become guaranteed until early January. So we'll see where it lasts. We'll see how long it goes. But he has been a revelation for us here for the Lakers, and I'm just glad to see his career can be revived. And you know, like I said, it looks like the Lakers Celtics rivalry can be, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sprinkled somewhat. I, I don't think it'll always get to the point where even where it was maybe in 2009, 2010, because it's a different league, it's a different era, so it yeah. doesn't have that genesis. Well, maybe Marcus Smart has that that feistiness that maybe can get the fans in LA excited again or something like that. But we'll wait and see where it matches up. But you know, both the Lakers and the Celtics do have tough roads ahead. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. I want to ask you this because you mentioned Milwaukee and the size and the three-point shooting and Giannis that they have. You also have Miami, which, again, I am in agreement with you. I'm not entirely sold on them. They are playing above their heads. Eric Spolstra has done a great job with them. We'll see how far the Kendrick Nuns of the world and all the rest of the you know, no-names that they've had that are now right. producing at a high level, how long they can maintain that. We'll see how long Toronto Raptors – even without Kyle Lowry, can maintain their level as well. I think they are a more realistic scenario as far as maintaining that level that they are at than, let's say, Miami. So right now I'm going to probably say there's probably three major factors, maybe four. Uh, it, you know, with Philadelphia, I certainly don't want to count them out. But you're right. The way they constructed their team is not exactly the way I would do it because they got rid of a lot of shooting, and then yeah. that's exactly what they need right now. Yeah. It's interesting because they just don't have enough shooting, right? And it seems like some teams are that's all they have. Look at the Houston Rockets. Like that's their their whole raison d'etre, right? It's like should, let's just all stand around the perimeter and shoot. And then you have this other team like the Sixers who just kind of struggle at like like I, I know I mentioned him already, but like last year in the playoffs, when the Sixers needed someone to take a shot, it was Jimmy Butler that took the shot. 
So when they're in a tough game again, I don't know who it's going to be that's going to take that shot because it's not going to be Ben Simmons, <laughs> right? That, that And it's unfortunate because he's going to have the ball in his hand and it's not going to be him. And maybe it's Embiid, but the problem with the big man is you have to get him the ball, right? <laughs> yeah. So that that's this that's sort of like the little situation that the Sixers are in. That's true. We'll wait and see if they make another move to go ahead and fortify whatever left, you know, their team that they have. Mm-hmm. I still think they have enough pieces to go ahead and be formable as a matchup in the playoffs. You know, they can be very formidable. I think because of the fact that they defensively. Yeah. With Embiid oh, yeah. and Horford, I mean, you've got a wall there that's comparable to what the Lakers can put out. So when you have that, it's a very hard matchup if you're not hitting your threes and try to go inside in a playoff format. Whether or not that pans out to a great season overall during the regular season, I'm not quite sure. I have a feeling Milwaukee is again going to have enough to pull it out in the regular season. It just it just seems like they're they're more well built for the regular season than even the Celtics, especially with Hayward's injury. Yeah. I mean, Hayward was playing at, at a nice level. Do you think he can go ahead and, and you know, once he comes back into line, lineup, find that rhythm and you have all this abundance of wings are, is the Celtics going to be able to go ahead once they have all those wings back and all those players playing, be able to go ahead and formulate a plan that's going to be, you know, able to go ahead and match up against the best teams in the Eastern Conference, even though you have all those players playing pretty much the same positions, yeah. getting, you know, fighting for all that time, fighting for minutes, yeah. basically. I mentioned this. I mentioned this to you last time, sort of after we talked about fantasy football off air, saying that uh, the Celtics, you know, Danny Ainge collected like. He went. He spent five years collecting assets. That's and he he'll be the first to admit it. He 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 hoarded draft picks. He still has some of them, and they just drafted the best guy available every single time. And then they realized they kind of ended up with all the same kind of players, <laughs> right? So they're they're quite similar, and and they're not the team isn't really constructed in such like a traditional way. But the thing that I I like about Gordon Hayward, even if he comes back and he's not scoring, because they do have enough scoring just with Tatum, Kemba Walker, and Jalen Brown. That I and they and Doris Burke made a point of it yesterday on the broadcast, saying that they really missed Gordon Hayward's playmaking, right? Because he even Kemba Kemba can sort of drift off and and camp out at the three point line, and then Hayward sort of takes over that point forward role, setting up guys with his really good passing ability so i think even if he comes back and he's not 100 percent with his hand i think he can still contribute really well uh, in terms of being sort of that playmaker on the team and then once you get to the playoffs i mean then we'll see what happens there absolutely i'll tell you what it's just so exciting to see now that the lakers and celtics are mm-hmm. once again very formidable very competitive at the top of each of their conferences just so excited to see what happens next i know the league is as well you know, they can't get the Knicks, they can't get the Bulls going, and they Ugh. can't get the Knicks going. So, you know, you know, this is like a consolation prize to them seeing the Lakers and Celtics relevant, you know, once again being able to play that winning basketball. And it looks like as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned, it is going to be something that I think they're, you know, vying for the top. The Celtics now do have a realistic chance of going ahead and coming out on top in the Eastern Conference. If anything happens injury-wise to Milwaukee, especially with Giannis, Oh well, I, I mean, he's the most important. Like, yeah. he's the one player that you just cannot get injured, you know, on any team. Like, 
Yeah. No, I mean, if, if he gets injured at all, yeah, that, that's not a good sign for Milwaukee going forward because they just don't have anything to recoup it. I mean, most of the teams are out there right now, and that's yeah. something that not a lot of teams have. There's only a few, I think I can count on less than one hand, that have the kind of death that could, that could sustain that type of injury. I mean, the Lakers, I'm not sure if they even could add. If, if no, I mean, AD the there. Lakers are an injury worry because AD is constantly having shoulder problems, right? And already there seems to be that they are worried about it. We can never, ever say that LeBron's injury prone. I mean, he's LeBron is the greatest player we've ever seen. <laughs> you know, like I know everyone's going to say Michael Jordan and, and and Michael Jordan was amazing. And but like LeBron is a freak. You know, like we've never seen a player like LeBron James. And he was hurt last year. And it's maybe too soon to sort of start saying like he's on he's he's on the decline because he's still fantastic. Right. He's playing great, but if AD's shoulders hurt, LeBron cannot do it himself. We know we know that he can't do it himself because he's his, his the experience in Cleveland proved that to us, right? You can't just put LeBron out there with like I used to, I would always tell my co-host Josh, you can't just put LeBron out there with four guys from the YMCA. You just can't, right? It doesn't work that way in the NBA. The regular season, maybe, but not in the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So before I have you go ahead and talk about your awesome show, the Skip and Josh podcast, I want to ask you one last question when it concerns the Lakers, and that is you're you're on the East Coast. You've got a vibe for what's going out there on the eastern part of, of the world and and you know in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference and things of that nature. How do they perceive the Lakers? I think our, our Lakers fans that are listening to the show want to know and want to have a better understanding of how they are perceived on the other side of the coast as far as where they see him as a threat in the in the NBA. Well, I think everybody, no matter what, if you're a Celtics fan, Bucks, Raptors, Sixers, whoever you are, you're scared to death of the Lakers. <laughs> they they represent some a very very scary team. I mean, everybody was thrilled that LeBron is not in the Eastern Conference anymore, but no one wants to play him in the finals. Like that team is a very very scary proposition, and and they're kind of like. I, I, that's how they're perceived in terms of talent. In terms of how people look at them, they're the villains. Like every, they're the team that people want to hate, right? Because just just like when LeBron left, well, when LeBron left Cleveland the first time <laughs> and went to Miami, he was the villain. He he he's in that role now when he went to the Lakers, right? But I feel like LeBron's matured since then. He's accepted his role as the villain, and he doesn't care. I think it affected him the first time around, but now he doesn't care. He's he's like, this is what I'm doing. Uh, I'm in LA, and 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 who cares what everyone else says? I'm LeBron James, you know. Absolutely, and it just seems like that with the Lakers as successful as they are, it perpetuates some of that those old feelings for the Lakers once again, whether it's good mm-hmm. or whether it's bad, yeah, whether it's positive or whether it's negative. It's it seems like the Lakers once again are now have the the NBA's focus and the fans' focus square on them. Like once again, the Clippers obviously as well with the talent they have and so many others. And now the Celtics, especially because last night I think even in the loss, elevated them in the eyes of many as far as saying, hey, I think this team is for real. Yeah, the Celtics certainly are for real. Uh, whether they're actual uh, contenders for a championship, that's – Maybe like whoever comes out of the East is not going to be favored against whoever comes out of the West. But that, that's just my feeling. Like there's there's no way, right? But 
it's interesting to see, like, I wonder, like, you as a Lakers fan, how do you feel about the Clippers? Like, are they taking some of the shot? I mean, I know you're not in L.A. I, I, I'd love to know how it is in L.A. with those two teams sharing the same arena. And Well, it's still hard for the Clippers <laughs> to, sell, to sell out their own arena. It's crazy. Uh, and get their own fans in there because the it's predominantly Lakers, you know, in the area. And even though they the the, the whole organization, the Clippers, needs to be complimented on the way they've you know, structured this team and way, you know, the way they've built it and, and yeah. the team that they have now. And after so many years of futility and so many years as a laughing stock of the league, it's nice to see them finally getting their just due as an individual fan, as an NBA fan. It's just, it's nice to see them as considered so for so many years, the worst franchise huh. in sports. It's not even by close. Far. Yeah. It wasn't you should- close. You should listen to that whole ESPN 30 for 30 podcast. I don't know if you've heard it. There's five parts. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. It is a very good podcast. Indeed, all five parts of it. Got a chance to to listen to Ramona Shelburne's uh, 30 for 30. And it just describes in detail how bad that team was for so many years. So it's nice to see them having that type of redemption. But I don't want to exactly. They do put a scare into me. I'll be honest with you, because they do have a team that defensively, can match up with anyone, although their Achilles heel could be against a big team like Philadelphia and like the Lakers yeah. who have the size to go ahead and muscle in there. So I think if there's any teams that can match up with them, it could be the Lakers or Philadelphia, maybe even Milwaukee because Milwaukee has big guys too, and they can also shoot from the perimeter. So we'll have to wait and see how that is. But I think that right now the Clippers do put a fear into every single team in the NBA, even though they don't have the NBA's best record. But right now in the Western Conference, a lot of people are still looking up at the Lakers. They're they're now believing in the Lakers more. And that, for me, is great to see because the Lakers are definitely a, a favorite to go all the way. They're, they're right up there. They should be considered. And as long as AD and LeBron stay healthy, I see nothing but good things for the team overall. Yeah, health is is very important, obviously. Absolutely, my friend. But yeah. before we head on out, you got to tell me and you got to tell everyone out there, all our Lakers fans out there that are listening to the show about your awesome podcast, the Skip and Josh podcast, which you can catch right now on every major podcast format. Yeah, the Skip and Josh podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, everywhere. Like you said, everywhere you get podcasts. Uh, or you can go right to our website, skipandjosh.com. You can download them all there. We passed our three-year anniversary, Gerald. Three years of podcasts. Yeah. We have been on a couple of uh, – we have been on a little hiatus for a couple of weeks. We just haven't been able to click between myself and my co-host. You know, the format is I'm in Montreal. He's in Toronto. So our schedules haven't matched up. But uh, we should get getting a couple of episodes out there in the next couple of days for sure. Sounds good. In fact, there's a lot to go over with your past episodes. In fact, you know, you talk about baseball, you talk about what happened with the World Series, you talk about, you know, you had some great episodes in the past that that people need to check out. I have it, like I said, on my regular rotation on Bullhorn. So if you don't have it today, you need to get it as a sports fan. It is the Skip and Josh podcast. There are more new episodes coming along the way. He Skip has assured me that they are on the way very soon. So I'm hopeful for that. And as the Skip and Josh podcast continues, you got to check it out today, again, on every major podcast format. And for us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, if you have any questions or comments, you could just let us know at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Or again, 
I mean, I, I got to be the pitch man on this now. I, I was told I have to do this more often in order to go get get more interest into the podcast that we do and, and get us into that food chain when it comes to that Apple podcast and get us into that higher detail. And that is those five-star reviews really help us. So anything you can do to help us out there. And you can leave your comments or questions there, and I'll definitely read it on the show for you. So there you go. There you go. But Skip, I'll tell you what. I really thank you for taking the time to size up the Eastern Conference with me. Any last thoughts on the way out? I want to come back when the Celtics uh, play the Lakers. We're going to do a preview and we're going to do a post episode. <laughs> Guarantee, my friend. Absolutely. The, the red carpet is out for you for both. I'd love to see that. In fact, again, I am curious around that time, what would the mood or feeling be like? I want to see yeah. if it's going to be treated as just another game or is there going to be enough uh, anticipation for a possible revival of the Lakers the TV, Celtics rivalry? The TV, all, the TV networks always dig deep into the nostalgia, right? So yeah. as soon as both of these teams are good, the bird magic stuff comes out. You know, the Kobe, Paul, Paul Pierce in the wheelchair and that whole thing. And yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. Now, that's still a sore spot with me right there. That's that's right. some of the phoniest, phoniest stuff I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, Lena, I go there. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm okay. I, I can't make it. Oh, I'm barely out of the wheelchair. Oh, I'll score 30 on you. There but you he go. Did, he did come out and say, like, last year, I think he said he just had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, uh, I, which I didn't understand at all. But Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wes Untel did it. You know, uh, uh, yeah, it was not Wes Was it Wes Untel? No, no it was uh, uh, on the Knicks. Um, Knicks, yeah, Knicks, Knicks, uh, Knicks against Willis the Lakers. Reed. Willis, Willis Reed. Reed, yeah. Willis, Willis Reed coming out to that, you know, that that was legit. This yeah. was not legit, but you know, right. I need I digress. This was for TV. <laughs> this was made for TV. Right. But anyways, I, like I said, a Lakers-Celtics rivalry could be on the horizon once again. And Skip, I'll tell you what, you're welcome back to go ahead and preview that game. And also as well, go ahead and give me your thoughts after the game as well as where the Celtics stand and the Eastern Conference stands around in the NBA. Just love to hear your thoughts on that. Love to have you back on the show again. Thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.